This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting you ready for a college football Saturday. This is BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome, welcome, welcome to BetQLU. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. I'm the host of the Giannotto and Jeffrey Show weekdays right here in Memphis, Tennessee from 2 until 4. My co-host is RJ Choppy, the co-host of Shannon. RJ, Monday through Fridays, 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He is on Twitter at RJ Choppy. RJ, how you feeling after week two? Man, that's like we got I, – I thought we were going to get some more answers, and we did because we got a big, big set of answers with a massive game in Columbus. I love college football every every day. Every day of the week I can do it. Even after week two, though, that was special. It really was the perfect college football weekend because you had a team that I think most people, ourselves included, in Iowa or Ohio State, we were – I think we were both pretty high on them, and – I guess the question I'll ask for you, after what you saw in week two, how are you feeling about the the Buckeyes? Man, I'll tell you, it it is pretty evident after week two that some of these schools lost some special players last year. And and I saw that with Ohio State. Like, I have not seen, and, and I don't know, I am not ready to go down the road that, you know, Ryan Day and is not fit to run it. Like, you know, remember like Larry Coker in Miami, like, he just couldn't keep what Butch Davis did. He won a title. Ed Orgeron at LSU. Yeah, like he just couldn't keep it. I'm not ready to say that about Ryan Day, but we're kind of getting – it's like it, that – they got destroyed. Like They got punished at home by a Pac-12 team. Nobody ever gets punished at home by a Pac-12 team. Like they don't do that. They don't out-physical you. It's just something didn't sit right with me at, with Ohio State last week. No, I, I think you're spot on. I mean, until really those final two possessions where Oregon was just trying to run out the clock, they were averaging eight yards a carry, and they yeah. couldn't stop them on the run. And I suppose that's kind of the question that we have as we look towards Ohio State maybe getting back into this picture. Do you think that that defense can improve to the level of where, I mean, let's be real, if they run the table in the Big Ten, they're still getting in. But yeah. do you think they're capable of that? Well... I mean, the Big Ten, we'll find out what Penn State is. They already got a big win against Wisconsin. You know, now they go and they play an SEC team, albeit in Happy Valley. But, you know, they could run the table. Uh, They they would have to play, obviously, the Big Ten title game. 
you know, uh, how good is Iowa? You know, what, how, how good can Iowa keep up with Ohio State? I think they can run the. I think they can run the table. Yeah, not with the quarterback play they got for fifty-five minutes, not with the the way they were punished for fifty-five minutes in that game. It, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be the. I, I think Clemson's got a much better chance of running the table in the ACC than Ohio State does. I think it's fair. My biggest concern was when you watch them on defense. They, it was as if they expected hey, we've got better players, and we're just going to do what we do. And they, you know, mm-hmm. they made zero adjustments throughout the entire process. And to me, that is the concern, is the fact that after getting killed essentially on, like, the same four plays with, with a little different variation, they never made any adjustments. And yeah. so, for me, that is the biggest concern. But let's take it from the other direction. Do you think now, with that win, I mean, that's the biggest win anyone has, I think, on the resume thus far. Do you think that puts Oregon actually in the national title picture? I don't know how they're not. Um, Like, they went on the road to a place where nobody really wins. And they dominated a football game. And they're talented. I mean, Oregon's talent. They got talent. Uh, You know, they're they're probably – everybody said, what, they're a year away. They're a year away. They're a year away. No, they're here. And – you look up and down the Pac-12, I mean, the Pac-12 has not been the strongest conference in the world. I like what UCLA is doing. Um, I kind of like what Arizona State's doing. I don't think they're going to be a threat. Uh, but but I, I would be very surprised if Oregon isn't in this title picture as the year goes on. And I think they absolutely deserve it. Find me at, at when the year is over. When the year is over, find me a better win than what they had. Georgia? Okay, but that was a neutral site, uh, you know, Georgia over Clemson. You're, you're going to have to find Alabama getting upset at home, which probably isn't going to happen. I, I don't know that you're going to find a better win. Yeah, I mean, unless someone, I guess, unless someone knocks off Georgia at Georgia or Alabama at Alabama, right. because even if, like, let's take, for instance, let's say Oklahoma gets knocked off at some point. Like, we've seen that before. Uh, yeah. You know I mean? Like, we, we definitely haven't seen the – the big significant Alabama loss in a while ever other than a couple of years ago when Tua gets hurt and then, uh, you know, you run into that special LSU team. But I think the thing that's fascinating to me, because I like what you just touched on in the Pac-12 in terms of an actual, you know, team moving forward. You mentioned UCLA. I think they've probably got the best offense, but you mentioned it with Oregon. I think they're the most physical. I think they are clearly the most talented team. But then with Arizona State and Daniels, I think they have the best quarterback. And so my concern yeah. for Oregon moving forward is I think what we're seeing in, in order for you to win a national title, I'm not talking about getting to the playoff, but in, in order for you to win a national title, what we've been seeing in the playoff era is you got to have a first rounder at the quarterback spot. And man, I just the whole time I'm watching Anthony Brown, I tip my cap to him. He made zero mistakes and he played very solidly, but I didn't see a guy that elevated his team i saw a guy that that took what they gave him and did what they needed to do but yeah i just don't feel confident in him being the guy that that elevates the team well i mean you know they're they're a team that at least in this game they got by on the run and that's not easy to do in 2021 in college you know you, you got to yep. be a spread offense throw it around and that could be a problem for them if they get behind the, if they get behind uh ucla in the game 
uh, if they get behind the chains uh, in a series and make it really, really tough. But, man, I'll tell you, like, I, I kept going back, and I was like, man, I couldn't think of a better win. Like, th- that go- I, I, I might have to go all the way back to, like, Johnny Football beating, you know, Johnny Manziel beating Alabama in 20, uh, to find a better win than what Oregon, like, a more surprising. None of us had this, right? None of us had this. This was a stunner. And I think it says a lot about the Oregon program. Uh, I think it says a lot about Mario Cristobal. I mean, he, I mean he's he's going to – you know he's going to have his name thrown in there if he already has it, which he has for the USC job. Uh, I, I loved it. But I, I think the Pac-12 is doing much better this year. That is a conference that has been desperate for any of us to stay up late. Yeah. Like, when's the last time you stayed up late? If you were not betting on a game, you have no reason to stay up late for a Pac-12 game. Well, and on top of that, it's the games don't feel significant. You know what I mean? It, it's right. because it's a league where there's not really there hasn't been a dominant team in the last ten years or so. Yeah. It, it just feels as if you know, okay, if you want to just watch some like drunken fun football, that can be the spot for you. But the games don't feel significant. Whereas to your very point about Saturday, that felt significant. It did it really did? But you know, I, I think college football has cannibalized itself anyway. I mean. When I was a kid, pre-BCS, I was, I, was, I was all in for the entire season. The moment they went for, like, the, you know, now it's like you lose a game, you're out. Yeah. I, I didn't feel that way 25 years ago. I was still rooting for my – if my team went 9-3 and three and they won the Citrus Bowl, which Tennessee always won the Citrus Bowl. Uh, like, you see, baby. There you go. Like, I was cool with that. Like, I, you know, I wasn't happy with it, but it was like, man, awesome. I'm rooting for the Citrus Bowl. No, I might even watch that thing if I don't have money on it. No, I, I think you touched on something. I'm actually, uh, if you want to like go real hot take, I'm not a playoff guy in the terms of the way that it's yeah. constructed. I would like to see it, you know, if it gets to 12, then it, it gets more interesting. The reason why I don't really love the playoff system that we have right now is the entire conversation about this entire sport is playoff, 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 yeah. playoff, playoff. You and I grew up watching college football. There's this weird understanding in this sport that there's only a handful of teams that are actually national title contenders, but that's not what it's about. It's about rivalries. It's about these big mm-hmm. games. It's about something that maybe matters to, you know, Oxford and Starkville, Mississippi, but it doesn't matter to the rest of the country the same way that, you know, the Iowa, Iowa state game matters to mm-hmm. significant people. But the reality that we live in now is it's become just, Okay, well, like you said, do we write off Ohio State? Are they done? It's like, well, they yeah. still have the rest of their season. It's week I know. three. You got ten games left. You know, it's like the, your 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 school, your team doesn't matter if they're not in the national title picture. And that's just, you know, it was it's just weird, man. Like I remember watching bowl games as a kid, where the games were great and the players cared, the passion was there. And now, like I I, I even I fall in the same trap. I find it hard to watch Pac-12 games, but now the Pac-12 is relevant. And they're, yep. they're beating LSU and they're beating Ohio State. Um, you know, I'll tune in because the games feel like they matter. I'll tune in to BYU. BYU feels like they matter. Yeah, there's no question. That was a great, great scene. All right, let's get into some of the, the big games of the weekend. We've got Alabama going to Florida. RJ, have you gotten eyes on the Gators? I have not watched much of them this year. I, I, I have not watched much of the Gators this year, no. Okay, well, allow me, because I've bet on them twice. 
This <laughs> offense, don't let the final score fool you. This offense stinks. And I'm a Dan Mullen guy. I think Dan Mullen, I think what we're seeing, the job that he did at Mississippi State should be, you know, written in history books and studied for years and years to come. But this is not it, man. Emory Jones has clearly got to be their starter because he seems to have a full grasp of the playbook. And then you've got this awkward situation where Anthony Richardson comes in and he's an electric factory. And not only that, RJ, he's a Gainesville boy. So you've got the whole, you got the whole Gator Nation going, you know, this is our guy, this is our guy, but it's this weird, awkward spot where Emory Jones is clearly their guy. And I think the rest of the the nation's wondering, like, why are you not playing Anthony Richardson? Uh, Let me let you in on a little secret about Dan Mullen. He's going to juggle these quarterbacks. That's what he does. I mean, he did it with Dak Prescott early. I mean, let's be real. He was the offensive coordinator at Florida when they were juggling Chris Leak as their primary quarterback, Tebow as their kind of their specialist, if you will. They're, you know, the, the, the submarine arm out of the bullpen. But that's, this is not something he's uncomfortable doing. With that being said, though, I am not comfortable betting on this offense. Like, I've watched them the last two weeks try to score late, and they couldn't do it against, in my opinion, two bad teams. USF's a stinky team, and then FAU is an undermanned team. But they weren't able to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they were asking for some gas and couldn't Mm -hmm. do it. Well, no, they got backdoor covered by FAU. Yep. Uh, And that was not not the best way to uh, to end a game for them. And, you know, I – Depending on how Vegas took it, you know they may have had so they may have had a lot of liability on Florida. They may have been happy with that, but uh, yeah, look, Florida has not been perfect, but you know again they're another team breaking in a new quarterback, so things aren't going to be swim you know working perfectly. Evan, the only team that doesn't skip a beat is Alabama. That's it. Oh, you lose two, Mac Jones, and it's the best offense in history, uh, or the second best to Joe Burrow's. Uh, oh yeah, you lose this. We're going to bring in Matt Jones and Bryce Young. Oh, he's going to win the husband. You know, but Florida offensively is challenged. But, you know, they also lost Pitts, uh, Tony, Tony and Rask. Yeah, Rask. so they lost a lot of guys. So they lose their quarterback. Clemson struggles. Ohio State struggles. Like, all these guys are struggling without the quarterback. The only one that isn't is Alabama. No, there's no question. I mean, we mentioned he's, you know, will, will Alabama have to prepare for both? Let's hear what Nick Saban had to say about it. Well, it's not easy um, because when a quarterbacks are good runners, they're obviously, as I've said before, um, they have an extra blocker. Uh, so you have to be plus one in a running game all the time. And when you do that, you know, you can't be plus one in a passing game. Ooh. He's RJ, I mean, here's my take. He doesn't sound worried. <laughs> yeah. He sounded like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, well, uh, you know. You got to be plus one and whatnot. Like you, you know when Nick Saban's worried. Like he get, you know, he gets way more animated. He's very like fierce, if you will. That sounded like, oh, well, you know, you gotta, you know, it's if you got a quarterback that runs, uh, you know, it's it's eleven on eleven. Like he's just like <laughs> trying to make up anything. Yeah, look, he, you know, he is. That is a good point. Like you know, you are going to be negative one in the passing game, uh, but the the problem is, can that guy beat you? Can he make you pay for it? And if he can't make you pay for it, that doesn't really matter. But I, I, I love if you're a young player, like you know the NFL. If you're a young quarterback, if you can run, I mean, I think your 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 kind of growth period is way less because you can move, and and you know they have to respect that. 
I, I would be hard pressed not to take Bama in this one. Bama just beats everybody by double digits by 14 points at least. That's just kind of how it is. That is, uh, I, you know, Florida's offense is going to struggle because uh, it has struggled for the entire year. But with Nick Saban, the guy wakes up. His biggest thing is, do I have any little Debbie cookies? Like that's yeah. the biggest thing he has to worry about in the morning. And, you know, if he has direct TV, is he still able to get the weather channel? Maybe it's rainy outside and the satellite, you know, that seems to be his only two concerns in the morning. Can I get on my boat or not? Coming up next, we're going to put three teams with Heisman candidates on upset alert. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. This is BetQLU. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. And we welcome you back to BetQLU. My name is Jeffrey Wright. My co-host, RJ Choppy, joining me from Dallas. RJ, let's put some people on upset alert. Upset alert. All right, RJ, I got four that I'm putting on upset alert, so I'll I'll toss to you first. Tell me what you like. Who do you think on in your mind is on upset alert? All right. I just got one on upset alert, and I'm not even sure if this is technically – I mean, it technically is an upset because they're favored on the road. But my team on upset alert is Nevada, or Nevada if you prefer to pronounce it that way. I know Kansas State is down a quarterback. Uh, but I think from a betting standpoint, from a, a, a point spread standpoint, this actually gives us a little bit of value. Uh, he's getting valued like five points against the spread, which is a little bit high. Uh, so they are also showing it as like a minus one fifteen on the card on the uh, on the bet slip. But you know, Nevada is a hot name, and their quarterback Carson Strong looks looks pretty darn good. But like K State, they've just played the one FBS school. They went on the road as a dog. They beat Cal. A good win, very very good win. Uh, but K-State, their only one is they hosted Stanford, and they beat them handily in a Stanford team that just ended a career for USC. So I look at this from a matchup standpoint. The K-State runs the ball well, 10th best in the country, yards uh, per attempt rushing. Nevada cannot stop the run. Uh, I like K-State to control the clock, control the ball. And K-State is 13-6. and six. ATS is a home dog since 2015. That's a cover rate of like 70%. So give me K-State. Over Nevada, I'll put Nevada on upset alert. All right, so I've got four that I'm eyeing. Let's start early. I understand the level of competition in this matchup is the the level of competition that we've seen from these two teams is heavily skewed in opposite directions. But I've just got a feeling with Michigan State. RJ, I've watched them twice, and I really love what Mel Tucker's done because he basically said, I'm bringing the SEC up here to East Lansing and they're physical, they run the football, they're more competent at quarterback. And on the other side, I understand last week for Miami was probably a potential letdown spot, but I watched that entire game, and Miami showed up and tried to play. It's just Mm -hmm. there wasn't much of a difference between them and App State. 
Like there, there just there wasn't much of a difference. And right now, I do. I put a decent amount of stock into eye test. I understand everybody goes, you ain't played nobody. Well, you can only go on what we've seen. And my deal is, even if you ain't played nobody, I can still tell if you're good. If you're executing and you're scoring on the first play of each game, like that matters to me. I really, really am liking Michigan State plus 205. I really like the points, but plus 205 is tasty to me. Also, Sorry, I just had a flashback of my days in Knoxville with the you ain't played nobody. You ain't played nobody. It's like, yeah, okay. I mean, we, it's it's uh, a rite of passage down here to tell anyone from the Big Ten that they haven't played anybody. <laughs> UVA plus 245 taking on North Carolina. That game is in Chapel Hill. North Carolina's not beaten Virginia since 2016. RJ, this is a classic eye test game again for me. I watched Virginia last week against uh, Illinois, and I don't know if you've caught their offense. Their offense is fun. Like, they're putting, like, four quarterbacks on the field at the same time. They're changing numbers. They're using motion on every play. They're using a lot of window dressing and whatnot. And there's just something about this North Carolina team that I wasn't a big believer of them to begin the season. And then I kind of confirmed what I thought when we saw them week one against Virginia Tech, where I covered a Phil Longo offense at Ole Miss. I've seen it when it's humming and they're playing a team with inferior talent. You can get these big explosive plays. But when they get beat up front, it does not move. And it's a lot of three and outs and it's a lot of just nothing you never get into any kind of rhythm with uva i see them being very very physical with with north carolina and making them uncomfortable so i just kind of like the who's there i've got a you know, real quick real quick go real ahead real quick on that um so every year we get towards the draft yep and quarterbacks just shoot up boards mm-hmm. Howell is the only one that's shooting down boards in the last like five years like everyone else is sky he was like that. He was going to be the number one pick, and now all of a sudden, boop, 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 he keeps dropping down. Uh, and 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 you don't see that. You never see that anymore with quarterbacks. They come out of nowhere. Oh, it's a third, fourth round pick. Oh, the Patriots took him fifteenth. Like yeah. it, it, everyone shoots up boards, not down. Well, and especially when you consider now with the way that the NFL rules work with rookie deals, people are way more willing to take a shot. I would argue with Hal. It was the classic example of people just saw the numbers he put up, and I don't think people really were watching North Carolina. Right. I remember I told you week one, I think he's good, but I, I told you I did not understand this right. concept that he was going one one. It just never made any sense to me, and it's a lot of one on ones, and you know they're not. It's throws to the outside. I just didn't love. I didn't love what I saw from him when he had to like play within the confines of a real offense, and then you see if you get after him a little bit. He's got a tendency to panic, and I think you're spot on, though. But, again, I, this could be – I could have just motivated him, and the fact that I'm I'm talking so well about UVA, that could light a fire under him. I've got a principal play here, RJ. I don't know if you followed the Notre Dame and Purdue story. Notre Dame's not letting Purdue bring, bring the drum in, the world's biggest drum. I just think on principle, when you do a move like that, I've just got to take a look at the underdog at plus 235. That feels like a karma bet. For the record, the drum, there is a tunnel, and there's a path for the drum to get in. They're just saying, well, the visitor's tunnel isn't big enough, so you can't bring the drum in. That feels like bad, bad mojo for me. Man, I love it. I'm with you. I love those kind of mojo picks. Because you're right. It's like, you know, that that drum, 
I'm pretty sure that Purdue drum has made its way to just about every stadium in the world. Yeah. Uh, you know, so like, why all of a sudden can they not do it? I mean, air, let them airlift the dang thing. Get a helicopter, let them bring it in there. I don't care. Well, you can't use the old tunnel. Why? That just sounds petty. Yeah, the, 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 the team, let, let, let them be. Let them have it in there. Yeah, there's no question. Like, again, it's 2021. We have drones. Are you telling me that we cannot figure out a way to get that drum into the stadium? Like, that? Like let's be real. Notre Dame doesn't want the drum in the stadium because it's that big of an advantage. And I think that the other flip side of this equation, I think maybe, RJ, we're finding out that Notre Dame-Florida State game that was a fun game to watch on Sunday before Labor Day. I think we might be finding out both those teams maybe aren't good. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Florida State was what, – what happened last week? Holy cow. You could not have predicted that. And I feel bad for, like, you know, the, the – the, yeah, I, I feel bad for, like, Norvell, right? I mean, he was, like, this hot shot coach. And now all of a sudden, I, what's going I, on? I'm, I covered him here in Memphis. I mean, he was yeah. he was the, the darling, if you will. Yeah, they tried to get him, like, eight different jobs in the SEC. And, uh, yep. you know, he finally waits out and, and goes to Florida State after the uh, the Willie Taggart mess. And then the other game that I'm putting on upset alert, I think Navy straight up bad, and I think Air Force is a little overvalued here. And I've seen Utah State play once, and again, they passed the eye test for me. Like, this isn't a team I'm saying, okay, take them to, to win the Mountain West, but, you know, at plus 270 against a service academy, like, the chances are Utah State's got the better, probably the more talented roster. Yeah. I just feel like that's a that's a nice flyer. I'll take the, the plus two seventy. I think it's great. You're gonna give me basically two and a half to one against a team that's gonna have you know admirals and doctors and lawyers on it. Yeah. I mean, like I, I don't know, man. I, I'm 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 with you. I think Utah State's just gonna have. I mean, they probably do have the better athlete on that team, and more often than not, give me the best player on the field. All right, let's get up to uh, two of the bigger games of the week. We've got Auburn going to Penn State. It, of course, is the whiteout game. Let's get a little bit of audio. Let's get a little sound in here. Let's hear what James Franklin thinks about whiteout games. First of all, if, if you're a, a sports fan, you, you need to have a whiteout you know, on your bucket list. It's something that I think everybody should experience. Um, you know, for the fans that are coming for the first time, um, I, I hope you enjoy it. I've been doing this for a long time. And, um, you know, at pretty much every major conference, uh, including the NFL, and this, this is as good as it gets. Also, Brian Harson in his first year at Auburn, here's what he thinks about the whiteout. The energy of, of, of playing on the road, I think, just like at home, we, we talked about it. We can't simulate, you know, what happens at home. And there's an energy and an excitement. And, and I think this is part of, you know, what makes college football and just football in general so special is you get to play in environments like that. Embrace it. RJ, I think there's no question. I think, you know, even for guys that are from SEC territory like we are, the whiteout is one of the coolest events. It's going to be an amazing scene. How do you see this one playing out? Are you afraid of road bow, if you will? Or uh, maybe are you a little more afraid of home Sean Clifford or any Sean Clifford? How do you see it? Uh, look, I, I totally agree with the whiteout thing. That's awesome. It looks so cool. Uh, I don't know that I would ever want to go there. It's, it's not easy to get to. Yeah. Uh, and more, and more, I've been at one whiteout before, not with Penn State. It was a Miami Heat game. And I never want to. I never want to see men in white pants like that again. Uh, I, I'm just going to say that. But yeah, 
that's cool at Penn State. That's really, really cool. I, I don't know if Auburn's ready for this. You know, like I, from a, from an emotional standpoint, from going to play in a stadium like that, they're absolutely ready for it. I just don't think they're as good as Penn State. Like we have forgotten about Penn State. Like you know, like like when when Franklin first got there, they they were up to like what number four in the nation. What did they lose to Iowa on the road um, a couple years it back? Was a Michigan State game yeah. that cost them. Like they, he has gotten them. He's done what's annoying to a fan base. He's brought them to a new level that they yeah. they haven't experienced. But he's been just a little bit short. And so it kind of, in a weird way, works against them. And then obviously with yep. the USC rumors and everything, like, you know, there, there's that, you know, is he always flirting with someone else? And, you know, does he have eyes for us? I, I think there's like a, there's kind of a weirder relationship between Franklin and that fan base, in my opinion. There is. And, and I'll tell you, I got, I got some buddies that are huge Penn State fans. My niece went there. They're all, they all love him. They love him. But I know there's a lot of people in that fan base that are like, you know, kind of wishy-washy out whether they're tired of it. I will say this. There is this underlying factor that anytime there's even a slightest rumor, that team, some teams, will quit immediately. And, and there's no way to prepare for that. There's no way to evaluate that and, and tangibly sit here and say, I got to stay away from this. I would assume Penn State wins this one. I probably wouldn't play it. I think it's five and a half. I probably wouldn't touch the line. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to think Penn State wins this game. Penn State has not turned the football over this season. Auburn defeating Akron and Alabama State by 122 to 10. RJ, this for me is the classic. I understand everything that matters in terms of gambling from you've got a road quarterback that struggles on the road. You've got a, a team that has got a big game environment. It's going to be a tough place to go in. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, it's my eye test week. I understand Auburn played Akron and Alabama State, and those two teams are terrible. I watched an Ole Miss team take on UT Martin, and I believe it was like Austin P. And I just knew, I just knew, man, when I watched them play, I was like, this team's good. And they went to Alabama week three. Everyone's doing the haven't played nobody. They'd beaten Alabama at home the year before, and Alabama was out for revenge. I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 I see a lot of similarities between – Auburn right now and that Ole Miss team at 2015 that went into Tuscaloosa to knock them off and then Alabama regained it regained its footing and ended up still winning the national title there's something about Auburn right now man I I, I want them in terms of team talent you look at it from 24-7 sports Auburn actually has slightly better players I watched how Wisconsin went up and down the field on them and just really gave the game away and not even forced you know turnovers you're talking fumbled snaps like stuff that stuff that wasn't really what Penn State did. And then with Penn State's offense, they have to be so explosive. The back half of Auburn's defense is really good. This is just one of those games that I feel like it's going to be kind of field goal-ish, and I just want the points. Yeah, if it's field goal-ish, field goal-ish it's, uh, it definitely plays in Auburn's hands. Uh, you know, because I, I, I do think, you know, in a vacuum, I think Bo's a little bit better. Now, the road yeah. Bo's the issue. But if you were just taking quarterback to quarterback, give me Bo. And if it's a close game like that, then I think that really that talent advantage that he has may come into play. Well, I think there's also this idea of, you know, Bo Nix. Oh, man, how's, like, they're going on the road to Penn State in the whiteout. 
guys going on the road in the SEC is like this every week. I mean, you're every you know week. he's gone to Tuscaloosa, he's gone to Georgia. Like he's he can he's not going to get freaked out by the moment. I also think that one other aspect of this is Bo Nix played in a really stupid offense. Gus Malzahn's offense is a high school offense. It drives me insane. <laughs> and he was asked to do these things. If they can't run, if they couldn't run the football, they were asking him to make really, really hard throws. Arson's not going to do that. And I just think with Tank Bigsby, I think Auburn's going to be able to run the football a little bit better than people think against Penn State. And to me, like, this is just one of those close matchups. I don't see this being really a six-point line. And I think that the value there is on Auburn. How does this coaching change at USC? Alter, of course, the Trojans' outlook, and we just touched on the James Franklin element. They've also got a game coming up this Saturday against Washington State. We'll take a look at that. We're also going to get into the cards when we come back. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright. You're listening to BetQLU. You're listening to BetQLU with RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright. Welcome back to BetQLU. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. My co-host is RJ Choppy. RJ, you're over in Dallas, and I think this is an interesting aspect because we're officially getting into coaching carousel season. And the one thing that fascinates me about it in particular this year Obviously, we've got the USC job open, but we're seeing with conference realignment, you're kind of getting a, a pick, you know, a, a visual into what the coaching community thinks about the future. Clay Helton finally fired. We'll get into the Washington State game, but I think one of the more fascinating aspects of this to me is who's going to wind up taking this job? Because I am a firm believer we find out what your job really is when it comes open and it's the perfect time for it to come open. USC is not going to have any excuses. They're early in the process. They're going to have their full list of candidates. How do you see this one going? It's a really good question. Uh, my initial thought was, Oh man, how long before urban Meyer says he's not feeling well and, and yeah, wants to take the job. Uh, well, I think the real question is how many losses for Jacksonville yeah. does it take for urban to get a heart condition that can only be treated at USC medical. Right. Has to be. Has to be there. I'm not sure what kind of hospital they have. I don't know what, what their specialty is, but mm-hmm. Urban can find it out. Yeah, you know, I can tell you what their specialty be. Whatever Urban has. Whatever Urban has, absolutely. I, I, I'll tell you, my. I don't think at the end of the day that a guy like Luke Fickle is going to leave Cincy for that. Not that he wouldn't leave for that job. I know his name has been thrown out there. I think he's waiting for Ryan Day to fail. Like, I, I just think he's waiting for Ryan Day to fail or move on. Um, Chris Peterson's name is going to get thrown out. I saw Bob Stoops' name thrown out there, man. Bob Stoops ain't coming. Bob Stoops is, like, not going to leave where he's living right now doing what he's doing, which is absolutely nothing, to go coach again. Um, I, I do think – I think it might be Chris Peterson. So, I think the thing that's fascinating, and you as, as a Tennessee guy, you can relate to this. We are officially in, like – groomer territory where yeah. you know you know john gruden has a vacation home in chattanooga like yeah, you know he, he loves loves knoxville and so everyone's doing this you know <laughs> peterson and stoops they took those fox jobs you know where yeah. fox is headquartered la everyone's <laughs> doing that in the end i think what it boils down to for me is if you're bone the athletic director i don't really think you're firing clay helton week two to go hire luke fickle and it's not that right. i don't 
it's not to me it's not as if i believe that luke fickle couldn't do the job i just think at usc they they're a little flashier you know what i mean like there's there's a hollywood element here it really screams to me that they're going to zero in on james franklin and i think the thing that's going to be fascinating to watch as this job moves forward what if penn state's really good and i think franklin probably has his eye on usc a little bit i don't think it's as simple as sometimes we make it as sports fans like this job's right. better he's going to take that job it's like you know sometimes it's like in anything in life like maybe there's pros and cons and you have to decide you know what you want to do i think it would be really fascinating though if he has his if he's if he's set on the sc job and they keep winning yeah. it creates a spot where maybe he can't leave listen i mean everybody's best job dream job is different sure right for for everybody um I, I could see for James Franklin's a Pennsylvania guy. It's very possible Penn State's his dream job that he never wants to leave. That he views that job as better than USC. I, I mean, I think the th- for me the three best jobs, like all, all things considered, probably USC, sure. Texas, and Florida. I mean, they're in they're in the the three primary states where everybody goes, or the flagship universities, or the best football factories, I should say. In those states, to me, those are the best. They never have to get on an airplane to go recruit. But USC, I don't know if it's the same kind of job that it may have used to be. Uh, it's probably been surpassed uh, on that list. But you've got to find somebody who doesn't have their dream job. Would Lincoln Riley leave Norman for USC? My guess is no, because at, at Norman, he's got it to where he gets to run the show at SC. You don't yeah. really get to run the show. There's no, a lot he's of got that want, to involve, he, that want to be involved in that. He has to win three games a year. He has to beat Texas. He has to win. Uh, he, I'm sorry. He doesn't even have to win three. He has, to, he has three total big games a year, Texas, the final four, of the national championship game. All he has to do is win one of them. And he has zero pressure on him. Like I, I if I'm Lincoln Riley, I'm not leaving. Uh, but that's a sexy name. If you're a USC, oh, let's just go get the guy who all he does is find the number one pick at quarterback every year. Yeah, like that's what I would do. You got to beat out Alabama for him. You got to beat, beat yeah. out beat out Clemson for him. It's it's it'll be fascinating to watch. We'll monitor that situation. I can tell you this with Dante with Dante Williams as the interim. I don't know how I feel about a defensive backs coach being the interim coach. I want nothing to do with this game. No, no. I don't. Think there, I don't think there's the interim bump that maybe you get with Orgeron like I, I just want nothing to do with it no the the bump that you get with Orgeron I mean he is a uh like like a, a lightning rod of a personality yeah. he's a rallying guy uh, you know that he the voice <laughs> by the way who how is Lane Kiffin's name on there he was just there uh because Lane is, Kiff, because yeah. Lane Kiffin's agent's Jimmy Sexton there you go that'll do it mm-hmm All right, let's get into head fake games. Head fake games. All right, my head fake game of the week. Now, every week we're going to do this. So what it is, you're a betting syndicate. You are this big better. Whatever you bet, the casinos take notice. So if you want to move the line in one direction, you do what's called a head fake. You place a small wager opposite of your real bet, Knowing the casino is going to take notice of that, and they are going to move the line in your favor, then you come over the top and you lay the real wager, the big money wager, 
So maybe like you're going to bet a hundred dollars of the head fake and then bam, come over to the other side with a thousand. And, th- and then th- you own the, then you're going to, you're going to win a lot of money. So my head fake game this year, army and UConn. Mm. Uh, what have we said about Kansas for all these years that there's no line that is too big to take against Kansas? Well, UConn has officially climbed the mountain and taken over for Kansas. There is no line too big. But it never hurts to get a little bit better. I can give you all the stats of the world about how much better Army is than UConn. But we don't need to. They should win this game by five, six touchdowns. Since 2015, UConn is the worst ATS team in all of FPS with a cover rate of just 33%. And this year, they are 0-2 in FBS play. They've been dogs of 27.5 and 35, and in neither game were they even close to covering. In fact, in neither of those games <laughs> did they score a single point. So, I don't they only know. scored against Holy Cross this year. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't even know that we could even get this line small enough, but I'm going to place a small wager on UConn, hoping they bring the line down from 34.5. I can maybe get it at the original line, which was 31, and then bam, hammer army on the top. That's my head fake game. You've got my respect. All right, let's get into the cards. The betting card. All right, RJ, I got a big card, so I'll let you go first. That way we can we can have the time element. All right, very good. Uh, I just got a few games on my card, plus I got a little parlay that I want to do that's going to get 42 and a half to one on a 14. Uh, right? Uh, first off, bam, of Florida. I like the under 59 and a half in this one. Uh, big fan of the under in that game. Of course, I already have Army uh, minus 34 and a half against UConn. Uh, K-State plus two uh, against Nevada. I know Nevada's got the better quarterback and K-State's missing theirs. We're talking about a home dog that covers at about a 70% clip at home when they're a home dog. And then Iowa-Kent State, give me the under 56 and a half. I, I don't get why it's so high. I think Iowa's defense is good enough to keep Kent State at bay, and I don't trust Iowa's offense uh, really at all. And then my 14 parlay, Army minus the 34-and-a-half, K-State money line, uh, Virginia Tech money line at plus 195. And then, yeah, this one is – they're a 12-point dog. Give me La Tech money line plus 395 against SMU. Uh, normally a 14 parlay pays like 9, 10 to 1. This is 42-and-a-half to 1. I'm placing a $10 bet on this thing. It's pizza money. It's my pizza money parlay. Nothing. Not a big deal. If I lose, no big deal. If I win, I mean, you've just kind of given yourself a little bit of a bankroll. There's your four-teamer. Yeah, if you win that, if you win one of those, you basically pay for your entire season of gambling. All right, I've got a big card. I've got 20 plays. Here we go. Michigan State, again, eye test. Give me the six and a half. Coastal Carolina takes on Buffalo. Coastal Carolina just covers. They always know the number two. I like betting on a team. I'm laying 13 and a half. I like I like those situations where I know the coach knows the line. Give me the give me the shot to clears. Uh, Nebraska stinks, and Nebraska tried to get out of this game. Oklahoma's going to run it up. I'm laying 22. Uh, last year, Clemson beat Georgia Tech 73 to seven. Georgia Tech tried to lift weights at Clemson Stadium before the game two years ago, and they have decided to take that personally. We're laying 28 there. Uh, we've got the drum revenge game. Give me Purdue plus seven and a half. Alabama's playing. It's under. It's under two. Uh, it's under three scores. We're laying the tide. Uh, Ohio State is in the classic. We've got to make it look right. Uh, we're laying twenty-four and a half against Tulsa. Uh, Florida State has quit 
Also, they are 3-11-2 against the spread since 2017 in conference play. Wake 5-2 at home in ACC play. We're laying four and a half with Wake. I'm on the other side of the Kansas State game. Give me Carson Strong, the better quarterback. Everyone's down on Washington. Uh, Arkansas State can't stop anyone. I like Washington laying 17 because they're just going to be able to run it. Mississippi State is a bad matchup for Memphis. Lay the three with uh, lay the three with the Bulldogs. Arkansas is a covering machine. Lay 23 and a half. Georgia Southern has failed to cover the number by 20 plus points each game. Georgia revenge game for Must Champ against South Carolina. 31 and a half. Lay it. Give me the six with Auburn. I'm taking the under in North Carolina and Virginia. Give me the nine points with Utah State. LSU's offense isn't good. Central Michigan will just kind of flirt around. Give me uh, under 61. Stanford plays Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's in the UConn territory, even though they covered and won outright last week. We're still betting against them. Lay the 11. Ole Miss against Tulane. I think Tulane's too trendy. I think everyone's very mm-hmm. high on them because of that week one. I think Ole Miss will win that one comfortably. We're laying 14 there. Iowa State is not explosive. They should not be favored by 31 and a half against anyone. Give me the 31 and a half at UNLV. And then I'll take the over in UCLA Fresno to end the night. I love it. That's a card. Full card. Full card. BetQLU in the action tomorrow. RJ's got the early window. I'll have the afternoon for you. We're here every Friday night at 11 Eastern. And then when you wake up all Saturday long, it's all on BetQL and it's all available on the Odyssey app. From tailgates to rushing the field, on Saturday, it's BetQLU in the action. From noon to 8 Eastern, available on BetQL and the Odyssey app.